Hey, friends. This is the Becoming Human podcast, episode number 34. And this week, I sit down with Maria Dalzo to talk about trail running. Ooh-wee! She was intelligent and very kind. It's often when I meet people who are involved in difficult pursuits that I assume they are exceptional, maybe even unattainable. This is nearly always a delusion. And talking with Maria is a comforting reminder that anyone can climb above the clouds to the top of looming mountain peaks. But not without playing hard, being consistent, exercising intense focus, and challenging our fears. If you'd like to see some photos from Maria's adventures in the mountains, or even read her blog... You can find her social media and blog links in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and share it on iTunes with friends, family, strangers, that old man on the corner of the street, anyone. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can head over to the Amazon Affiliates link in the show notes and website. If you make purchases Using that link, we get a percentage from everything you buy at no extra cost to you. So whether you're looking for Christmas presents for the family, buying household supplies, or preparing for a global cataclysm that will cause your plumbing to no longer function, Amazon has it all for every occasion. This is Maria Delzot. I am 29 years old. I am a trail runner sponsored by La Sportiva. And when I'm not running, I work as a dietitian in a... Um, a bariatric surgery weight loss clinic. Whoa. So, yeah. That's really <laughs> cool. What got you into doing the, um, getting into nutrition? Oh, I mean, I, I've been studying nutrition for, um, I have my master's of science in human nutrition and food science. That's what I went mm-hmm. to school for. But as far as something that would supplement my running, it's what has always made sense. Oh. It's just, I grew up in a big Italian family where food is the cornerstone of everything. And <laughs> yeah. so food has just always played a really pivotal role in my life. And so it was just kind of a natural progression that I would teach others how to eat healthfully and and have a good relationship with food. Oh, well, that's really cool. And yeah. Have, when you um, pursued that degree, mm-hmm. were you leading with the foot of something that would complement running? Or? Totally. Running has always been my my number one passion and and food is a very close second oh wow okay (laughs) and so with a career like that because i always get curious when i see people who who are runners and competing in events Mm -hmm. and sometimes the schedule like baffles me are they very flexible like you don't have to be personal but is that industry very flexible with yes that's the cool thing about nutrition and and something that kind of um stuck with me while i was still in school is that they would always say you could make your own job there are Uh so many different outlets with nutrition and so um so that's kind of what i started out doing i uh, went to school at west virginia university in Mm -hmm. morgantown west virginia which is about an hour south of pittsburgh and um um i when tad and i decided that we my husband tad and i decided we were going to move out to um, Bellingham, I didn't know anybody or I didn't have a job lined up, but Mm. I knew that I could just 
start from scratch from where we were going to be. So I uh, started doing private dietetic consulting and having people come into my home and and I would help everybody from um, just middle-aged housewives to athletes wanting to be better, perform better. And then I just recently, this opportunity opened up um, a couple months ago to work in this clinic and I was always kind of straight away from working in a clinical environment because um, running always came first and mm -hmm. I was able to dictate my own schedule but schedule. they've been really great and I only work part-time so wow. I'm a dietitian Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and then I'm a runner Friday Saturday Sunday Monday oh, so it works out perfect that is really cool yeah. See, that's something that I've always been interested in because um, as I've considered um, different disciplines you know going forward and mm -hmm. um, figuring out what I enjoy mm -hmm. my ultimate goal is is instead of you know what makes me the most money or gives me the most comfort is how do I do what I find most pleasurable and there's not really much like for me anyways and people that I have talked to there isn't a big conversation mm -hmm. on like you know how you end up there right. it, it's just kind of you see some examples in the from starting to end there's not you know much in between right. and I've learned um through my own trial and error mm -hmm. of going through different industries that there are particular industries that allow me the freedom right. to be able to build uh, how I make my money or right. um, around right. the things that I enjoy. Right, right. And, yeah. yeah. By kind of not throwing the baby out with the bathwater in the pursuit of something you love. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you said that you were um, always interested or that you had a passion for running for a very long time. Oh, yeah. And, oh, when did this start? Did it, like, when you were a kid? Oh, totally. I mean, when I was younger, I would just run around the yard for fun. That's just what <laughs> I would do. I would just go run circles around the yard. And in gym class, tag was my favorite game. And when I was younger, my mother made me take swim lessons, and I hated them. But the place where we took the lessons, it was right next door to the track. And so she would tell me, you know, you can run around the track if we go to swim lessons. And so... It's just always been a part of who I am, and and so I um, just was running around one day, and somebody said, you know, you should run cross country, and when you get to middle school, and so that's what I did. I started um, racing in the seventh grade when cross country was first offered, and um, I did pretty well as a as a seventh and eighth grader. I won my county championship, which was a big deal wow. at, at the time, and then I. And then I kind of progressed into high school, and um, running is what allowed me to survive high school. <laughs> um, so I I did did well in high school as well, um, not without injury. I was I struggled with injuries throughout my mm -hmm. high school career, as most young young girls tend to do as their do bodies really? are changing. Yeah, oh. you kind of go through that awkward phase where you, you know, are really tiny and then all of a sudden you gain a bunch of weight as you go through puberty yeah. and then you kind of have to figure out how to deal with a new body in a sense uh, like new movements and stuff yeah like that. you're just mm -hmm. kind of carrying yourself a different way and there's extra weight and so so I dealt with all of that but but ultimately I had a good um a good high school career I ran 1749 for the 5k when I was a senior which was pretty good at the time and then I won the two mile state championship as a as a junior so um so I had a solid a solid uh, high school career and then um then that progressed on to college um with that high school career um in being uh, successful 
um, in competition, was it like intentional or is it just kind of a thing where if you enjoy it and you do it well enough? Oh, I worked really hard. You did? Okay. So it's about putting, so for you at the time it was putting in like the miles and I've always been really intense. Mm -hmm. Like always. Yeah, I have to tell me about it. Super, (laughs) super intense and focused. Like my high school coach would be like, why don't you go and like have fun and go to the sleep? Oh really? So you like fixated on this. Oh no. I mean, I early to bed, early to rise, but I've always been that way. I'm a very intense um, if you're going to do something, do it right, mm-hmm. like all in. So I've always been like that. Oh, so, that's cool. um, that's just been me. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that like, um, I mean, not to get off into like a tangent of performance mm-hmm. psychology, but that how, how mentality makes so much of it. Cause you oftentimes hear people say that, you know, like if someone who, uh, just enjoys it the most, like mm-hmm. not getting too deep into like mm-hmm. the technical aspects of it or mm-hmm. even, um, in, the pure enjoyment of it usually lends itself to um, better results. Mm-hmm. And I also liken that to being process driven to where you're in the moment and mm-hmm. not focusing on like all of these goals and getting right. caught up in it right. becomes right. a trap. Right. But right. like I, um, I found it really interesting um, just to the transition from my own self because mm-hmm. I was never like that. Like mm-hmm. I, I was very intense with, um, conversation just how I handled life and when I would try to apply it to like running it would be uh uncomfortable and just exhaustion Mm -hmm. and then I got as I got older I came back to it still the same thing Mm -hmm. but I kept doing it and after like that comforts or discomfort would go away Mm -hmm. it would go get smaller and smaller Mm -hmm. and smaller and then I started craving running and it's interesting though how I meet some people where it's like right from the get-go it's like that right. and at the same time though people who who aren't like that it's not it can be a learned behavior as well right. because i have people like um who have struggled with uh, managing their own lives in mm-hmm. a sense mm-hmm. and um being very driven and not like to be ambitious and be the best but just driven as sure. in having their things together for instance right, right, right. and like having these pursuits almost it changes your life in that sense mm-hmm. because it like almost expects more of you mm-hmm. yeah. it's interesting yeah but, yeah and um the so you when you were growing up mm-hmm. do you focus anything like in the college years and uh high school mm-hmm. or on any technical aspects of running or is that not of big importance like your form and stuff like that is it um, just feel not so much for me no we most of my training um through through high school and college and to this day is is very uh uh very much strength based so <laughs> meaning not so much speed work but long intervals so it could be anything from 10 to 12,000 meter repeats long progression runs um tempo runs so most of my training is is based upon strength work in that sense so not a lot of i'm not out there doing you know 200 meter repeats Mm -hmm. 400 meter repeats so and as far as drills go um back then i mean we did it as part of practice but nothing that you know nothing that i carry over today because trail running is so is so different that was the thing i was going to ask too is because i've never experienced cross country and it could Mm -hmm. be a a bit redundant for people but i'm still interested what is the difference between 
between cross country and trail running because I only jumped into trail running. Yeah. I saw road running and I and wasn't interested. Yeah, but is cross country <laughs> kind of like? Uh, cross country is my first love. <laughs> I I love cross country. Um, so the difference I would say between trail running and cross country, and you might have to jump in here. Um, uh, where do I start? I mean, I'd say the main thing is the distance. So cross country is usually six kilometers, five kilometers. So it's shorter distance over um, traditionally grass. Um, and it's usually a paved course through grass. So usually it's a looped course, spectator friendly most of the time. You're kind of looping around, like kind of like cyclocross. Mm, yeah. Um, whereas trail running has could be a distance from 5k to 200 miles um there's no uh and and with cross country it's a lot more precise in in distance like they're out there with a wheel and making sure the the distances are you know spot on whereas if you sign up for a trail race and they tell you it's like you know it's a it's a 10k it could be 10k plus or minus five miles yeah i've <laughs> you know, even had to cross-reference elevation right <laughs> yes yeah so there's a lot trail running is a lot a lot looser in those parameters but cross-country is is pretty specific in in distances in the terrain is pretty ranges from rolling to to flat mm -hmm. whereas That's trail running could be mountain running at the same time mm -hmm. so yeah and that. Um, you said a paved path through grass you meant a planned path through grass. right like a like mowed grass oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. a yeah, very predictable you. kind of surface right, 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 consistent. Right. a very groomed a groomed oh grass okay yeah <laughs> it's like almost the difference between um snowboarding and backcountry snowboarding right okay exactly oh. and yeah so for cross country um what was what appealed to you about cross country? Was it the competition or just running? Oh, everything. Just it's fun. You mm -hmm. get muddy. You get yeah. dirty. <laughs> it's it's just it's longer than anything that's offered on the track. But um, running on the grass is also kinder on your body. Mm -hmm. And when I ran track, I was constantly injured due to the you know the repetitive motion that's my on first the track. Yeah. Yes. So I was constantly getting injured, and with cross country, and this is kind of what led me into being exclusively a trail runner every footstep is different and so you're working different muscles and so the likelihood of injury was a lot less with cross country versus track or road running even mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay and that's kind of what got me into trail running was not necessarily for injury but for interest because it was i've always craved this sense of adventure and i felt like I either I couldn't attain it as easily. Like mm -hmm. there was, it's hard to go to new places or unknown places. Right. Um, at least this was my naive thought as a kid. And um, the other one was backpacking. I only can do that for mm -hmm. one vacation a year, mm -hmm. and then I found trail running. A nice. It was like I can cover eighteen miles or so in a day, and it's, it's like, oh true. my gosh, yeah. yes! You get to see a lot of cool things that you know most people don't. It's yeah. very cool. Exactly, it's like the carrot at the end of the stick, if you will. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And so you, um, so in college, I kind of took you off course mm -hmm. there. When you went from um, high school to college, was it your lead foot forward? You know, I'm just I'm running and figuring out what you want to do with nutrition. Um, I don't even know. Everything just has happened so organically. It was mm -hmm. never this big 
thought process. I mean, I've been, like I said, I've been a runner my whole life, so it just made sense to keep going in college. And I grew up in Morgantown, West Virginia, and so I already had family support, I had community support, and I was already working with my um, future college coach during club a club uh, um, a club in the summer, and so I already had a relationship established with him, so it was just this natural, smooth transition into college, and then, like I said, food has always been my second interest, so <laughs> I'm not that exciting. My life can be summed up with running food and sleep. <laughs> Those <laughs> and are with the best maps. things, though. Yes, I know. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, there was not this, like, hemming and hawing over what to do mm -hmm. next. It was just made sense and there was never any question. And I think, you know, there's parallels to that even in running because when you get into the hemming and the hawing with your, you know, going back to form and right. times and heart rate, I've, right. I've heard that getting caught up on those things, and I think I even said that before, but it, it in and of itself can reduce your running economy. Yeah. And, and the nice thing about trail running is that, that stuff doesn't even matter. Yeah, and exactly. that's what I, I don't miss track at all. I mean, the pressure was just, I, I had a really um, comp a good team in, in college. We were fourth at NCAAs. Mm -hmm. wow. um, so there was it was a high stress high pressure situation and like if you weren't hitting your splits i mean oh if we knew we had like mile repeats in the evening i mean you couldn't think about anything else all day long yeah know? so it was just super stressful and i don't miss that at all with trail running i mean it does even if you run the same course it depends on the weather the course conditions the distance like there are so many variables that are different every time that these little um, little, little things, these little nitpicky things, they don't matter with Gerald right Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. Cause just to make it through in and of itself is oh, a feat yeah. most oh, of the totally. time. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, it's battling, uh, I mean, for me, especially, it's battling the, the inner demons mm -hmm. is, is what it's about. And that's what I always find it interesting, it's like the simulated environment, you would never, it, it sounds kind of, um, strange to some people who, who don't, I guess, you know, run or mm -hmm. um, do disciplines like that, where it's like a simulated environment that's more intense than everyday life, mm -hmm. making everyday life a little bit more manageable. Yes. And that's why I've um, just found it interesting, kind of your whole perspective mm -hmm. on it and how it has affected your life. Mm -hmm. Like, because um, it, it seems like you're very driven and having an outlet like that has almost informed your life. Is there um, any thing that you sh most notably struggled with in running and that you have overcame? Um, it was probably figuring out, running specifically, what I've overcome with running. Yeah, it was running. Um, it would be probably, I mean, with, with trying to be competitive, you're constantly walking this fine line of pushing your boundaries mm -hmm. and not being stupid, yeah. <laughs> you know, going over that line. <laughs> Diminishing and becoming, your turn. Exactly. And becoming injured. And so the, you know, and with the, what's one of the cool things about running is you learn, you're constantly learning, you know, learning what your capabilities are, what your, where your limits are and, and beyond that. So I guess the biggest thing that I've learned is kind of what my body can handle. You know, I mm -hmm. went through a summer where I really pushed it and I was running 90 miles a week Ooh. only to break my foot and be out the whole season. Yeah. You know, so I learned that, you know, I can't handle that. Um, so I've learned, you know, kind of the sweet spot of mileages. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind I do, I thrive off of 70 to 75 miles a week and most elite runners 
can do about two workouts a week with one long run. I can only do one workout a week and one long run. Uh, so it's learning those, you know, what works best for you sort of thing. Like a Goldilocks zone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's taken a long time to define. And not to say I'm not without injury. I mean, we all... I mean, I've yeah. never met a runner who's like, I feel great all the time. Yeah. You know, we all have the, the hammy that doesn't work or, you know, the butt that doesn't fire. <laughs> you know, there's always something. But but just figuring out how I can train most consistently has mm-hmm. been a successful uh, um, learning experience. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of where I, I've come to is that I've had to learn to be a little more objective and realistic about what my capabilities were. Because oh, I'm like, I want to run the Bigfoot 200. Oh, and I got like, <laughs> what was it, a year and a half. And I'm going to do you know what, put like 50 miles a week. Because I, I, I will do it. Right. I'll tell my body to do it and it'll work right. out. And that, no. Right. <laughs> I, in like my first uh, 5K, uh-huh. ego came into play. Because mm. I've never been a very uh, egotistical person. I've mm-hmm. always been very passionate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went and did 5k and I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to start at the front. Mm-hmm. And then I started at the front. I'm like, Oh, I'm ahead. I'm, I'm ahead. <laughs> and then I, I keep going and I'm going at like probably 80%. Okay. And then all of a sudden I'm at like 50%. We hit an incline and oh, it's, no. I think what, uh, 700, thousand feet gain oh, over. Okay. Yeah. And it was a, a slight grade. So, and I would thought that you just run. And so I was running up it, and I saw all these other guys walking. I'm like, I'm, I'm good at this, right? <laughs> and I get like halfway up, and I'm dying. I'm barely walking, and they're just all going by me. Mm. I'm like, wow, that, it's it's so interesting because yeah. we it, we all have, or at least a lot of people have that impulse, you know, to to push yourself mm-hmm. beyond your limits because you, whether you're excited or mm-hmm. you're trying to hold yourself up to the standard, right. and almost every time following that mm-hmm. will bite you in the butt. In the right. end. But yeah. <laughs> and um, have you ever met any runner who who didn't like running initially and eventually fell in love with it? Because I'm always interested to see, like, because there's people who, who obviously they there's a swimmer and the swimmer might not like running. So, right. Or is it this, you know, have you met someone who's like, this is just really uncomfortable. And after a while of getting used to it, they fell in love with it. Personally, in my life. I think I, you've heard of a lot of road runners. There are people that tried starting to run on the road mm-hmm. and then maybe came back later and tried it on the trail and they're like, oh, yeah. this is But yeah. specifically non-runners turning into runners, I think my whole life is surrounded by runners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of where I've gotten. I'm yeah. like, hey, you guys want, want to help me with running? And then they were like, I've ran ever since I was a kid. Yeah. I'm like, I'm missing out. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and um is there so for like footwear Mm -hmm, i've mm -hmm. i know this is a a topic that there's nothing solid on it and i'm not asking for any like factual thing just your experience Mm -hmm. so from my understanding the whole saying is is wear what's comfortable and try out all different kinds of shoes Mm -hmm. what were your experience with it have shoes never really been like a thing you just whatever brand you can get your hands on um well, I'm currently sponsored by La Sportiva, so mm-hmm. they're my main support Ooh, for cool. my running goals at the moment. Explain, so I've been. What it is. La Sportiva is a is a mountain specific trail running shoe. Mm-hmm. So they make um, a lot of mountain gear. So they make skiing gear, mountaineering gear, and 
um, shoes that are made specifically for trail running. And so I've been with them for three years now, so I wear exclusively La Sportivas. But before then, I kind of dabbled in other kinds of trail shoes, but it, it's never been something that I was that passionate about. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's not a good answer. No, that, that, that is fine because that's <laughs> um, like that goes back to that whole thing is where when you get hyper technical and things. Yeah, I'm it not. Can be a I'm trap. not hyper technical. Like, I mean, like I'm not into the gadgets. The only gadget I have is a GPS watch, mm -hmm. and that's so I don't get lost and I know my mileage. But I'm not into like, like I'm a running nerd so to speak mm -hmm. but not a nerd with like the gadgets and Experience. the gear. No, but yeah. but I've. I was interested in La Sportiva because I, I liked their brand, I liked their shoes, I liked their clothing, mm -hmm. and they were open to supporting me, and we've had a good relationship since, but, oh, cool. so I've never had to really think about mm -hmm. a shoe to wear, because they've been, I've seen a lot of success in their, in their shoes, so. Yeah, exactly. So no, I don't get hung up on, on those little, mm -hmm. little things. See, I, I, it leaves me hopeful. Because I have talked to several other people, and I know there's there's people who focus on technical aspects, mm -hmm. but most often I just feel I just like to run. This is yeah, fun. Yeah, and like, I mean, I love at the that end of the day, it's not about the shoe. Yeah. I mean, it's about are you gonna get up and get out there, mm -hmm. you know? And I think sometimes people get so caught up, uh, caught up on you know they can't do this yet because they don't have this certain piece of gear, and it's just like another excuse, you mm -hmm. know? Just just get out and do it, you know? Exactly. And, like, yeah. these, these experiences, um, I guess, on a personal level, they they have increased. And I'm not trying to dr uh, make be dramatic about it, but I have been trying to be, like, pay attention as I've um, been trying to learn about running mm -hmm. and uh, a couple other disciplines as well. But it, it has increased my spectrum of um, pleasure. And even discomfort as well. It's almost like going to, like, for instance, I was, uh, like, insecurities challenged, you know, out in the wilderness, especially all by yourself. Right. Um, directions, right. you, you have to um, figure it out and then be very responsible and make sure that you have everything that you need. Right. Because if you are cut corners and just real quick right out the door, right. you pay for it in the end. And I feel like having these intense highs and lows mm -hmm. have have allowed me to experience a greater sense of pleasure mm -hmm. and getting like just focusing on you know okay you have what you have like you you can get the things that that essentially that you need right. not getting caught up in the technical things right. they're comfortable go out there and have fun right. like that reminds me when i look at my son yeah. i got excited about it because yeah. he plays legos and he just he's blissfully unaware of whatever's going on <laughs> and that's how i feel when i'm running or even doing jujitsu for instance right. you know right. And so that that's really hopeful because I look up to you in the sense that you you guys um, have obviously been doing this way longer than I have, and you're in a place um, you know even recognized within competition and stuff, mm -hmm. and to see that that you are there merely as a consequence of having fun, sure. that's it's a nice thing. Oh sure. Yeah. 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 And um, with running, as you continue to run, what is it? Do you are you trying, like, what is the progression in running? Is it trying to compete in, like, I understand that there's the uh, 100 series, the state race, or... Western States. Yeah, Western States. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. Is, is, so is there, like, is that your progression to... Oh, definitely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> definitely okay. not. No way. No, I have no desire 
to ever run a hundred miles. Mm -hmm. I like to run for, you know, several hours, call a day, go home, have a big meal with a glass of wine, yeah. and a shower. <laughs> like, I don't want, I mean, I know they say never say never, but I never want to run a hundred miles. Like, yeah. there's nothing about it. Like, I have, you know, people say they get through, go through it, and they you know, discover something about themselves, they become so enlightened. I don't care. Yeah, like, exactly. I, there's nothing I'm looking it's for. Like, I don't there's want nothing. to hallucinate and only have no, 20 minutes I have to sleep. Nothing to, no. I have nothing to prove. <laughs> I'm not looking for this deeper meaning of life. Yeah. Thank you. So, no, that is not my progression. I'm I'm just trying to... Um, I'm, I've, I, in the past, I've focused on national championships, so... Mm -hmm. Um, specifically the half marathon trail championship and um, I've made the um, uh, world long distance team running oh. for the US so I've competed over in Zermatt and um, we went over to Slovenia two years ago to compete in the race so I my focus has been on making these US, US teams to anytime you get to wear the Olympic uniform is a great <laughs> honor yeah. so that has been something that I've been uh, consistently pursuing up until this past year we decided to take it a different route and just kind of pick where we wanted to go um, because with being on those teams while it's a really cool experience you don't get to choose the course and so oh. it could be a course that doesn't suit my strengths uh -huh. and so this past year we chose a course that to focus on or a race to focus on that had a course that I could really be successful and that was the um Mont Blanc Marathon in Chamonix France so that's where we traveled to this year so um so right now I'm I'm comfortable at the I'm not comfortable I'm getting more acquainted with the you're never comfortable yeah exactly um, I'm getting are, acquainted with the marathon distance so mm -hmm. I've only run a handful of marathons so um I've ran my first 50k race this past winter so I'm I'm gradually I'm that's where I am right I, now uh, probably smart. around the marathon yeah. so and I'll probably stick with the 50k for now maybe I'll run a 50 miler but mm -hmm. I don't know I'm I'm happy with the marathon and and 50k distance yeah. right now so as far as for progression goes I don't that's that's as far as distance I'm not progressing I'm just progressing into um, getting outside of my comfort zone I struggle with a lot of anxiety Ooh. and running helps my anxiety but it's also a cause of my anxiety and so I struggle with panic attacks a lot while I'm running and so learning how to overcome I know I opened a can of worms no but, that's just <laughs> fine I'm interested but um I I there are certain situations that I I really have to push through and work hard to overcome and so that's my progression. It's on a super personal kind of just just a different level than just a, a numeric progression. Yeah, that exactly. was a really long. No, no, that that's <laughs> that's perfect because that goes yeah, back to yeah. that whole thing that the thing that I have found most valuable in you know playing mm -hmm. is that you're confronted with these things mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you literally have no choice but mm -hmm. to just deal with them yeah. and if you don't it's very obvious mm -hmm. in the sense of like if I have if I had panic attacks mm -hmm. I can <clears throat> if it was uh socially induced not saying yours is mm -hmm. I could stay inside and no one's gonna really say anything mm -hmm. you know nothing there's mm -hmm. no not gonna be any red flags right. but you're 
you're competing or just playing mm-hmm. and it, it very immediately causes issues that need to be addressed sure. that's in if this is too personal no, it's, it's completely okay, okay. It's an open book and have you like always had panic attacks during running or is that um, like a no it's it just is totally situation dependent oh, wow. so it's usually in a situation where um for instance, it happened two weekends ago. Last weekend, we went up to, we do a lot of our our runs up in British Columbia. We're really close to the Canadian I've border. To go, yeah. Oh my gosh! I mean, just stunning, absolutely really? stunning. I've seen some of your guys' pictures oh, up there. That was yeah. Stunning. Well, we went to it was called the um, Coquihalla Summit Recreation Area, and they had this one one peak called Yak Peak, I believe it was. And we, it, it was not a well-traversed trail. You just had to follow Cairns through this boulder field. And then it was like 2,500 feet of gain in a mile. Oof. I even know ridiculous. And so I have no mountain climbing experience. Yeah. I'm not, like, I'm not that cool. <laughs> but we were going through boulders, following these Cairns. And then when I stop and think about what I'm doing, when I look down and when I think... It's just Tad and myself out here. If something goes wrong, nobody's going to know. If I break my leg, what are we going to do? If Tad breaks his leg, what am I going to do? And I just start thinking of all these what-ifs, and I become frozen, and I cannot go forward. And so I was there clinging to a rock, crying, and Tad's trying to coax me to, you know, let's just go a little further. And I just, at the moment, like, I just lose it I lose it like I'm just stuck there and and I get mad at him because he's trying to force me to keep going and um unfortunately we had a turnaround that day it just sometimes it becomes too overwhelming and I get too scared and Mm -hmm. then I become so exhausted it's such a because it's so much um adrenaline and you're in the fight or flight response yeah and when that goes on for an extended period of time you're just left with nothing and Mm -hmm. so i'm just it just leaves me feeling tired and and bluntly just that i failed i failed that day i wasn't able to make it to the top and um yeah it sucks (laughs) that that happened to me on the kind of um on the enchantments Oh, um, yeah. over in Leavenworth oh, and I yeah. think that one's like uh, literally at one point when you get up to like Asgard's mm-hmm. Pass it's mm-hmm. like climbing straight up it's hip height and then yes. one foot in front of the other yes. and deathly alone deathly afraid of heights right. and then I get um, like uh, it, my thing is is where I obviously talking about the ego thing prior is the performance anxiety I don't get all worried when I'm doing a competition mm-hmm. but what goes through my head is mm-hmm. is like um, I look at the mountain, you're not going to be able to make it up that. You're going to probably fall. You can't, you know, it's like just yes. running through my head. So I'm yes. challenging it, like, just keep going, keep yes. going. But I had to turn back because I went up on the enchantments mm-hmm. and I get up um, right up to Asgard's Pass, mm-hmm. probably like 10 minutes shy yeah. of the top of the pass. And I'm like, I, I, I just got to turn around. And I felt like I failed that day because I froze up there. Mm-hmm. And I, it was just me. And I was worried that I was going to get isolated up there. Yeah. And it was so high, I'm like, well, if I go down, I'm just going to keep tumbling. Obviously, that didn't happen. Right. No, but I like... do, yeah. No, and I totally get it. And in that situation, you're, and you're alone. And, and, mean, and the mountain doesn't care, you know. Oh. And so you're better off listening to your gut if you feel... 
you know, uncomfortable if you feel your safety is in question. Like, I was with, you know, my husband, Tad, and he is telling me, you know, everything's fine. Like, everything was fine. Like, mm -hmm. if I felt, I would not fall far. Like, everything was going to be okay. But I'm definitely, you know, I mean, if it, especially runners, you know, if you don't reach your goal, whatever it may be, it feels like a failure, even mm -hmm. if, you know, it could have led to injury or, or, you know, something worse. So yeah. it's just never a fun situation to be in. Let's talk a little bit about um, how it's so situational. Like sometimes you'll get to this place and it's perfectly fine, but on a different day. Yeah, on a different day. That, that's the, that's the thing about anxiety is that you never know if it's going to be a good day or a bad day. Oh. I mean, but I've learned that there are some predictors that can kind of insinuate if I'm going to have problems. The first thing is low blood sugar. Oh, really? Oh, the first thing, I mean, my anxiety just starts to just, I, these voices in my head of, uh -huh. of, of just, you know, negative thoughts and, and, and just kind of what if thinking starts creeping into my head as my blood sugar drops. So I know to start eating something before oh. that, or even if I do start <clears throat> freaking out, I sit down and eat like a granola bar and then the feelings could pass. So oh. making sure that I stay well fueled and my blood sugar doesn't get to a level that causes anxiety. If I don't get enough sleep, my anxiety is, is heightened as well. Oh. So, um, this, so there's so many different situations. Mm -hmm. If there are people around, like if there were a bunch of people with us on that same trail, I probably would have been fine. So, oh, really? So because if something would happen, there's people there to take care of us. Yeah. You know, I could, you know, so, um, so it is very situational and um, hard to predict when it's going mm -hmm. to happen. And um, obviously you've run your entire life, but has it come up, these anxieties come up in your everyday life? And the reason why I ask is because I'm curious, like, you, you've created these strategies, it sounds like, you know, for these situations that do arise with anxiety. Yeah. Um, I'm curious on how that, that's uh, played into your life, like... Yeah, my, my, yeah, I'm always nervous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's, I understand that um, completely. I'm always, like... Before we started like, chatting, we, we had mentioned that I, we're fans of Mark Marin and his mm -hmm. WTF podcast, and... What's been really valuable with 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 listening to Mark is he 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 has anxiety, but not not in the way that I have. But he has a lot of um, dread. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like he, you know, is excited about things, and if things are going well, he's like, "When when's the ball gonna drop? When is all this bad stuff going to happen?" Or if he has to do something, he doesn't want to do it, even if it's a good thing. And anyway, he has a lot of anxiety, and and Tad, somebody who does not have any anxiety it was hard for him to understand where I'm coming from, but by listening to Mark, he was able to better understand oh, yeah. me. Um, and, and it made me feel better because I knew I wasn't alone. And we saw him in a stand-up show, and one thing really resonated with me that he said is, you know, people are getting on him about having kids because he's in his 50s now, and why aren't you having kids and doing this or that? And he's like... I just want to feel comfortable for an hour. Yeah. That's all I want to do is feel comfortable for an hour. And I feel like that's how I feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's um, very relatable in the sense that I talk to a lot of people. And not everyone, obviously, not everybody has anxiety mm -hmm. or even insecurity issues. There's mm -hmm. literally all different sorts of levels. But 
there's all of these nuances that are playing in the background of people's minds that don't usually come up in conversation unless it's behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And podcasting, whether it's like Mark Maron or Joe Rogan, Tim mm-hmm. Ferriss, mm-hmm. these people, I would idolize them, or not idolize them, I would admire them rather. And when I was a kid, You'd watch them on the news, and then they'd get you know go up for like five, ten minutes, and they would share their highlights of whatever they achieved or just mm-hmm, released, mm-hmm. and then go away. Mm-hmm. And then people would praise them. But now you have this platform where people yes. are like literally just cutting themselves open and saying, this is who I am. Right. And it's like, I didn't realize that this guy, like um, someone who'd get up on stage, um, some of them are really insecure as well. And it's oh, yeah. they get anxiety. Like I... Um, I've done poetry for like five years and then getting into stand-up mm-hmm. and I thought when I was going up to stage oh this isn't I shouldn't be doing this because I'm so afraid right now mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that there's a lot of people that feel like oh, that yeah. and even with running too is oh, the yeah. sense that like I don't I don't feel like um, at least when I started running as I said before it, discomfort at first and um, I didn't think that that was normal I thought that meant that oh I can't learn to run well I can't you know get into this and then I've met people and listened, been exposed to other forms of media where it was like, um, no, right. you can learn pretty much anything sure. and you just got to take the time. Oh, and yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been really cool. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just talk about personal anxiety a little bit outside of running. Mm-hmm. Also, just when it started and uh, what you have to deal with. Or... I mean, I've, I've struggled with anxiety since I remember my first panic attack was in like seventh grade health Whoa, class really? and I called my mom because I didn't know what the hell was happening like mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going on and then since then I just you know I struggled with such weird weird things like if um oh gosh it's 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 manifested in different ways like high school I had a really hard time just sitting sitting still and like algebra class I'd be Mm -hmm. so nervous because it was such an intense class the teacher was intense and it made my anxiety worse so I had to sit with my cell phone in my lap in case something should happen you know in case I you know just Just die all of a sudden in case I die I can call someone (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, so that's what I did um but um then it started the biggest impact it has on my life is that it is gone so bad that it's really affected my driving. Uh-huh. So I drove all through high school and college, but um, at one point that it my anxiety got so bad while I was behind the wheel that I've kind of tapered off of driving. And since we've moved out to Washington, we've been here for five years now. I only drive if Tad's in the car with me, but I do not drive. So. Yeah. Um, the thought of the interstate makes my hands sweat. Really? Um, I don't, so I'm very, I'm very lucky that, that Tad is very patient with me and drives me wherever <laughs> I need to go, but, but we, um, fortunately also live in very close to downtown Bellingham, so mm-hmm. I can walk to work oh, and I, perfect. you know, can run places and, um, which is kind of funny now that I think about it, because I, I couldn't ride a bike till I was really, much older than when normal children oh, really? learn how to ride a bike. I don't know why, but I would just tell everyone, I don't need to learn how to ride a bike. I yeah. can just run everywhere. <laughs> so now I can just sit 
say, oh, I don't need to drive. I can just run everywhere. So. <laughs> like Flash. <Yeah. laughs> and when I knew you were mentioning that you were just south of uh, Philadelphia. When, Pittsburgh. Uh, Pe- mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And so were you, did you grow up in a rural community at all? Um, West Virginia University is in Morgantown. And Morgantown is a lot like Bellingham. Oh, okay. So not... Not what you... It's probably the most liberal part of West Virginia. <laughs> a lot of people... Not liberal at all. <laughs> which is not liberal at all. People always ask me where my where my uh, southern accent is, and that is just not there up no. in northern West Virginia. You go south, then you'll get, you know, the stereotypes going on. But, yeah. but up north... Um, no, it's it's a lot of diversity, a lot of different oh, okay. cultures. Very progressive and, and yes. yeah, forward yes. moving. Yes. I I asked that because I came from Sandpoint, Idaho. At least I spent a few years out there growing up, mm-hmm. and um, I've taken people to Sam or Seattle, mm-hmm. um, and even my own self. Mm-hmm. So coming in there and driving mm-hmm. is something that is not feasible for no. a lot of people that I brought mm-hmm. into there and not mm-hmm. even just the traffic aspects like it is so anxiety inducing oh even, even yeah. to drive on um well, I think it's I90 that goes from eastern Washington to western mm-hmm. like literally afraid the whole time because it, the reality before was like 25 miles an hour 50 miles an hour right. with no one on the highway so right. I was just kind of curious oh, but yeah. if that kind of lent itself to it oh, but no, I just I was that's interesting yeah. <laughs> no way oh, but I mean you get nervous like when we were over in Europe driving on those roads yeah well the european roads are no well they're like these very very narrow mountains. oh yeah i've always wanted to drive on those those are so exciting i'm sorry tad has to like knock me out like i'm I'm in the back seat with my eyes closed praying and like yeah one of those like shades on your eyes yeah no that's that's just horrifying so sometimes even just sitting in the car is nervous but i think any saint i mean he's just too too yeah, cool and collected. I think any sane person would have anxiety in that situation. I've seen videos like I know you guys were in Europe, but in India, where people with like, on like motorcycles oh, and stuff. And so yeah, just yeah, I can understand yes. that. Like yeah. it would freak me out just a little bit, oh, yeah. like, or a lot. Right. <laughs> and um, with when you were growing up mm-hmm. with anxiety, did mm-hmm. people offer? Um, any realistic, uh, coping mechanisms for that anxiety? Um, my, my mom had anxiety and Uh so she had like books that she would share with me and I actually had the tapes and it worked for a while. Like that's how I survived. Uh (laughs) Like I'm a lot better than I used to be, believe it or not. But, um, but yeah, so my, you know, it's, it's hereditary Mm -hmm. and so my my whole family has some form of anxiety my dad has OCD a bit and my you know like I said my mother my mother has anxiety so um so just kind of knowing where that came from provided some peace Mm -hmm. but um I'm trying to think if they're I mean running yeah (laughs) (laughs) running running um running didn't cause any anxiety at that time because I wasn't you know running on the side of a cliff when I was <laughs> you know in high school and junior high so running was a was a respite from that from mm-hmm. those voices for me oh wow that's mm-hmm. really cool mm-hmm. what's um out of all the places that you have ran mm-hmm. what is the most memorable um 
run that you've had, whether it's experience running in and of itself mm-hmm. or the place, mm-hmm. whichever one sticks out to you the most. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They're all so beautiful. I mean, the places uh, yeah. I've even ran are beautiful. It's just around here. No, so I mean, I can... we're very fortunate here in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, I- I'm very lucky that I've been able to experience some magnificent places in Europe that are beautiful, like the Italian Dolomites and the French Alps. Oh, I've seen pictures of those in the so Alps. So yeah. incredible. Very incredible. However, up here in the North Cascades, the mm-hmm. Canadian part and Mount Baker and just over here... I mean, are are just stunning. And so this past um, summer and fall, I after I was done competing, we have just kind of taken time to put very... Um, usually my training is very, you know, I'm, it's very formalized. formalized. Mm-hmm. And so when we got back from... We got back from Chamonix, France, actually, and we just decided to p- go play in the mountains, and so we were able to explore all these places around here. And so uh, I mentioned before we go to, up to British Columbia a lot, and one of the great, uh, greatest places for trail running up there is Squamish, BC. Squamish? Squamish okay. is just beautiful. Um, there's a If you're going up to Squamish, the... Probably the quintessential trail that you have to do is Panorama Ridge. Panorama Ridge. Yes. Right. Don't I mean you don't have to worry about being alone there. Yeah. Right? Like everybody and their grandma. Right? Oh like, wow. We went up there and it's like it's like eight miles out. So you think there's not going to be anyone there? Oh my gosh, we couldn't even get a picture. Party Canadians. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that one was really cool. But but if you're looking for something a little more secluded, Brandywine Mountain was really a stunner that's up close to whistler okay and that one was really cool we had a good time on that but um and then as far as like the mount baker wilderness area our favorite is probably uh hannigan peak Hannigan Pass? Hannigan Pass. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to do that because I am such a child. Copper Ridge. Oh, wait, that's not my favorite one then. Really? Oh, Sorry. no. Sorry. <laughs> What's the no, Yellow, Aster Butte. Yellow really? Aster Butte? Yellow Aster Butte. Really? Yeah. Yellow Aster Butte? All right. Yellow Aster Butte. I'm sorry. You crushed my dreams. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've always, I was going to do Hannigan Pass and then some stuff came up and that's my first on, uh, on in the summer. Because uh, there's a ca- there's that cable car, and I really want to ride the cable car, yes, but... Yeah. No, no, the ridiculous thing is they're all so mind-blowingly beautiful. Every run we went on, I was like, this is my favorite. No, this one's my favorite. No, this one's my... So it's a good problem to have. Yeah. And that's what I mean. We're so lucky to live here, because every, every trail run you go could be, you know... You know, you don't need to fly all the way to Europe to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you know. literally like within an hour from oh, us. Totally. It's, even if you live in Seattle, I mean, if you got traffic, hour, hour and a half. It's but nothing. Still. It's nothing. It's nothing. I mean, we usually leave the house by six thirty, and by nine thirty, we're at the trailhead. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, that's yeah. what I'm curious about. If you like um, mm-hmm. set up, how like how you guys would go about setting setting out like a long trail run or okay. just. For fun. Yeah, yeah. So to get ready for a long trail run, a long being uh, 20 to 24 is a long trail run for us. But again, it also depends on the technicality of the course. So it could be a 10-mile run, but take just as long, Mm -hmm. depending on how technical the course is. But So the night before we leave, we usually set out our, our, our running vests, and we make sure that we have first aid kit, 
um, um, headlamps just mm -hmm. in case. So all the safety gear, we're pretty, we're, we are good about doing yeah, that. No so the safety cut. gear, making sure we have enough calories and even more calories, making <laughs> sure, you know, when you think you have enough, pack a little bit more situation. So. You guys go for the runner specific, like the little stingers and stuff like that, uh, right? I the, mean, uh, gels, but, but also <laughs> when you're out there for this long, you need real food. Yeah. And so we do granola bars. Trail Butter is actually one of my sponsors. They're a company mm -hmm. based out of uh, Portland, and Ooh, they okay. make um, a nut butter blend um, that's really good. And so I take bananas, put some trail butter on it. So that just something more substantial when mm -hmm. you're out there for a long time. And when you're out there for that long, you're not moving that fast, so you're able to digest real food. And just taking in gels and chomps all the time, it just gets a bit... Yeah, if, you know, sweet. And if you're that. into it for, you know, the better of your own self, why not? Yeah. I right. Understand yeah, that. yeah. So so we're packed with that. Make sure we have enough water. Make sure that the course that we're running is programmed into our GPS watch. And that's been a key thing in that uh, one of the things we don't understand why most more people don't do it, mm -hmm. but we um, program um, we take the course off of, we take the GPX file either off of a website or off of Strava, put it into our watch so that way we have the map on our watch and, and you know, with trail running, more often than not, you get off course and mm -hmm. so being able to, to pull that that up on your watch is definitely um, a good safety feature yeah, there. So we comforting. make sure, yes, yeah, mm -hmm. so we make sure that's ready to go. We make sure that's charged. Ted makes sure the camera's ready. Oh, He's yeah. got the card in the camera. It's the beginning of a good adventure, yeah, yes. So we make sure um, all that's ready. I think I've remembered everything. Making sure we have a shell. For, mm -hmm. That's number one piece of gear you always have in the mountains is a shell, emergency blanket. Mm -hmm. Make sure that's all sitting out. Uh, make sure we have a breakfast plan, and then we get up at 6.30, make a bowl of oatmeal or whatever it is, have some eggs and potatoes, have a cup of coffee, and Ooh. then hit the road by 6.37. And then, um, yeah, then wow. we hit the trail, and then we usually are out there for probably on average six to seven hours, mm -hmm. six to seven oh. hours, and then... And then we, um, oh, sometimes we usually pack our lunch, we keep a cooler in the car, mm -hmm. and so we go to Whole Foods the night before, I pack some salads in there and throw them in the cooler, we eat as soon as we get back to the car, and then sometimes we take a nap. <laughs> oh yeah, that's perfect! I even have some, uh, mid-wood naps, like yeah. it's, yeah, I'll lay up on a tree, and yeah. it's, it's the best. <laughs> yeah, we crawl in the back seat, um take a nap and then and then hopefully it's time for dinner <laughs> yeah exactly perfect timing yep. <laughs> and when with trail running i was very naive and i thought full intensity let's go mm -hmm. and so you mentioned something about it being you know since you guys are going to spend a lot more time out there that your intensity isn't going to be so high so what does that look like comparative to cross country or oh Oh, that you can't even compare. Well, for, there are different sports. In yeah, regard, totally. So cross country balls the wall. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's only five k to six k. That's you just run until you puke. Yeah. With trail running and and mountain running specifically, and we actually learned a big lesson this year. Last year, we wouldn't we would go out on these long trail runs. I mean, we we'd get to the car just like. Oh my gosh, we'd be dying. We we our legs would barely be working. We'd be so just like I mean just out of it in all mm -hmm. regards. And this year we've really learned cuz we thought we were being much slower 
in our pursuit then, but now we've learned to cut back even more on our intensity mm. and walk a lot more. And when the more you walk, the better you feel, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah, that sounds about yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So we, we've learned that and we've applied that this year and we are able to go longer, feel better, mm -hmm. um, have more energy and get back to the car, you know, with our with our brains and legs intact so yeah exactly yeah so that's been just a learning experience this year mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that i've had to learn that as well that in combination with uh appropriate like calories mm, yes and that's a, that's a hard game to master yeah, it really sure. is and it taught me it even informed me in my my own personal life too of like um eating the appropriate amount of calories and becoming more aware of like I would feel really tired if I eat too much and if I eat too little at any given point. Yeah. And I was, um, I think it was out. No, it was the enchantments. It was still that same <laughs> one too. I, um, I was going, I ran up and I did it from the Stuart Lakeside. Mm -hmm. And so it was for you guys who don't know, it's, it's really steep on that side and it's not a, a very gradual grade at all. And, I was, I thought, I'm going to try as hard as I can because I'm only as hard, my work ethic, basically. And boy, did I learn very quickly that was very naive. Because <laughs> um, when I was coming back down and I'm like, well, this is too high. And I come back down and then all of a sudden I crash and I hit that wall and it's like, I'm conscious, mm -hmm. but it's really hard to tell my body to, to run. And, and like... I, I felt really foggy, mm -hmm. and when I got back to the car, I literally, like, collapsed in my car. Mm -hmm. I fell asleep for, what, three, four hours, oh and, it, yeah, and it was, but what I did, though, the whole time was I ran uh, probably 80, 90 percent, mm -hmm. and I was like, this is a hill. Just do it, right. pansy, and right, it, yeah, right. and being so, uh, I don't want to be all flowery, but being so unloving towards yourself really has consequences in the end, mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah that's true. And sure. so I've learned to, you know, reduce the miles and just going back to it, have fun, right. essentially, right. yeah, exactly. and I know it's a little bit uh, circular, but in jumping around, but for that progression, um, of, you know, trying mm -hmm. to, uh, get into a higher profile competition, if mm -hmm, you will, mm -hmm. not necessarily distance. Mm -hmm. When you, how do you, how do you get recognition in that to have those opportunities to, to be able to race for the USA team? Like, do you, that's a, yeah. good, that's a good question. Well, tell me about the, how you qualify. So to to make the U.S. team, there are qualifying races. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you want to be on the uh, world long-distance mountain running team, they usually have two selection races. So if your goal is to make the team, you go to those races and try to win it or, or compete to your best ability so that you place as, as high up as you can. And, and also putting yourself in situations where you're racing the best. So, um, so times and they, they, they have a place, but it's more of who you're competing against and the more high profile the race, the more, the higher caliber, the competition will help build up your resume so that if you don't make the team through auto selection, through winning that race, you put in a resume and the selection team looks at your resume and based upon that they decide if you make the team or not mm, okay mm -hmm. and i've i've always wondered you know th that process mm -hmm. because when i look 
there's several um, companies that put on very um, fun races throughout throughout the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. and I'd, I've saw people who who would fly literally over here to do some races, and mm-hmm. I didn't understand because like that's a huge cost thing. Sure. It's cool to race that, but I, I just didn't know if there was like particular races that people gravitate towards because of a resume. Oh, or for something. sure. Like we we spend a lot of time and money traveling to these specific races Mm -hmm. for the reasons I mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I can understand. At first, like looking on it from an outside perspective, never even running in the first place, Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. And then when I started getting into it a little more, even just the peripherally Mm-hmm. at how active I am in it um it, it's now I kind of understand and it's exciting in that sense it feels like and maybe I am make dramatizing it but it's like an expedition but you know going off on this cool adventure oh yeah like, I yeah. mean that's what we do that's what we <laughs> I mean that's what we we live for is to travel and to not necessarily race but to run I mm-hmm. mean that's how we kind of live our life that's why I've set up a you know a part-time career that mm-hmm. enables us to pursue that dream and and Tad works from home so he can take his work on the road to wherever That's we go cool. so we have a, a, a an ideal situation so mm-hmm. um I feel very lucky that I have this life but at the same time I'm a believer in you know you you make your own luck and mm-hmm. you know where there's a will there's a way sort of thing yeah exactly um but um but, but yeah, you, you know, yeah. That's, I've yeah. come to realize that myself, whereas like, what is it? They say like luck is when opportunity meets, I think, effort or something. Mm-hmm. It's w- where I've, um, people would tell me, cause I've always wanted to be a writer, but it wasn't mm-hmm. practical. At least mm-hmm. it's what people mm-hmm. told me, exactly. um, in Idaho and stuff from, you know, my family. Yeah. And I'm oh like, yeah. My brother, when I told him I was moving out here to be a runner and like all this stuff, he's mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. Tell me what color fantasy. Land looks yeah. Like. I'm like, Oh, it's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I'm coming to, to terms and this is, uh, might be naive in some aspect, but like these things are difficult or it looks like it, it's luck. Because you have to not navigate, like, you don't have to put in a resume and hopefully your boss likes you and then you get promoted. Mm -hmm. You have to navigate all of these mental hurdles and these life hurdles to push through them to be able to get to this place. There's no one holding you accountable for that but yourself. One of my favorite quotes is, uh, the harder I work, the luckier I get. (laughs) I like that. The harder I work, the luckier I get. And then, um, when it comes to running, I know we talked about anxiety, Mm -hmm. but what does scare you the most? Is it, cause I, some people that I I would talk to, they, they get afraid by going out into the wilderness and being alone or being with, or even in a group getting mauled by an animal, even though I've really had that happen to me, but yeah. Yeah, those all, those all scare me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. are so are most of the time so irrational that that normal people <laughs> would be like what in the world like i the the thing with anxiety and and panic attacks it's just it's afraid of losing control mm-hmm. and i know that's kind of very abstract but that's what it is like when you when the anxiety becomes so overwhelming you can't think clearly you can't see clearly and 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 it's hard to 
the world just becomes kind of unreal and I know that sounds very strange but that's what is so scary yeah but um but I am also scared of you know bears and cougars <laughs> and falling and I'm scared of everything <laughs> you're better off asking me what I'm not scared yeah. of. <laughs> is there anything that you used to be afraid of in regards to trail running that you no longer are afraid of like or, or probably failure failure yeah oh, i used to think i used to get so worried about how i looked to other people i mean and i guess that's a common thing with with the younger people <laughs> now that i'm getting so old and <laughs> older, i know i'm older and wiser now i just care a lot less what people think and like I just don't care anymore. Yeah. You know, if I have a bad day, so be it, you know, whereas I used to just just fret over it and like how does this look and that I failed and I, I put a lot of weight into what other people thought about me as a runner. I put so much weight onto that and now I'm just like <laughs> screw it, yeah. you know? And I feel thankful for that because that old way of thinking is exhausting. It's like a prison. You're yeah. just trapped yeah. in that box. Yeah. And, yeah, so I feel just just comfortable with where I am and, like, what I do, and I accept that, you know, I do the best I can for the day. <laughs> yeah. And every day is going to be different. And, you know, another another quote that I really <laughs> like and that, I, that I, I am constantly reminding myself is by Dr. Seuss, and he always... He always said, <laughs> like, <I know. laughs> he, always he would always say, <laughs> he always told me to, to be who you are and say what you feel because people who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. And I really take that to heart and, and really believe it. So, yeah, I... so I'm fortunate that I have a lot of good people in my life that support me and then, you know, that understand whatever I'm going through. If I don't meet my goals or if I do fail, the people who who know me get it and understand why and those that are out there on the internets and the instagrams you know they don't matter exactly my self-worth is not based on results or Mm -hmm. my performance or all of that you and i think that's a very important like take-home thing because in terms of like archery for instance, mm-hmm. um, there's a thing in archery, and it's very clear because there's very little things in archery to do. Mm-hmm. You basically have to be consistent with your form, mm-hmm. and you uh, the way that you look through the peep has to be, it, you can't fixate on things. Right. So if you fixate on, okay, I need to hit this the center target, the center of the target, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all you think about. Mm-hmm. You will miss. You'll miss mm-hmm. almost every time. Mm-hmm. And if you... Don't focus on your results at all, mm-hmm. and you just give into the process. So, like, I draw my bow up, mm-hmm. I anchor my right hand to my cheek, and then I, you know, um, I initiate the my scapula, mm-hmm. you know, my back muscles, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then uh, you feel the pull through, and mm-hmm. it's called a surprise shot. So, a shot that when you're pulling through, you don't know when it's going to go off, mm-hmm. and in that way, there's like that is a very well-known technique mm-hmm. because that works every time. Mm-hmm. And they even develop different, like, complicated releases mm-hmm. to keep a surprise shot so you don't expect it because mm-hmm. it's an, it's a hard thing to overcome fixating on being results-driven. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, the wheels fall off. I had that with running. I got a calf injury because mm-hmm. I'm like, 
uh, I got really fixated on my form. I'm like, you got to do the paw back where you're scratching on the ground <laughs> so I can somehow be good at this because right. my insecurities were saying, right. you don't know what you're doing. You know, whatever feels comfortable is wrong. So do a lot of research and put that into practice. Yeah. And I could have also been an overuse injury too, though, but I hit the concrete and I think I did like 12 miles that day and I came away with the worst injury that I've ever had. Yeah. And it taught me that, you know, I just... Enjoy it and don't get so hyper Yeah, I mean, like, I hear that and I'm just like, oh, it's running is such a simple act, you mm -hmm. know, get out there and do it. And then we just always tend to complicate things. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you read this and and, and I'm, I'm bringing this up because it, it reminds me of what I deal with every single day with, like, teaching people how to eat well. I mean, something so simple as, <laughs> as eating is this complicated, like, just oh, such a stressful thing for people because they're, they're researching how to do it right. Neuroses. And, yeah. you know, and this person's right is totally different from this person's <laughs> right. And there are so many different ways to do it when really you just kind of have to put blinders on and just figure out what works for you. You mm -hmm. know, everybody's different. Everything is an experiment of one, you know, just because somebody found something that worked for them and they have a million followers on Instagram doesn't make what they're doing right. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important to figure out, you know, what works best for you. And, and that requires you to be your own, you know, the, the experimenter and the experimentee and kind of put blinders on to everybody else. Mm -hmm. That for me was a very fun thing is finding that out. Cause running, it was a similar thing and it was like, Putting in the miles. How much do these work? Okay, this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Screw what I'm saying in my head because this is a delusion that I don't run like right, these people I look right, up to. Right, no, just just, right, just go. And right. I found that with eating as well because I was talking about if I ate too much or mm -hmm, too little, mm -hmm. I would feel really weak. And when I'd sure. go run or do martial arts, yeah. I wouldn't be able to put out as much uh, energy. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh -huh. And so these things, going back to how it informs like everyday life, right. has taught me to have a more nuanced conversation with my body. And I don't mean that in a flowery way. I no, literally, I understand. Like, no, yeah. totally. Yeah. I can tell when maybe, like when I need uh, sugars, fats, carbs, and stuff, and I've been able to, like after a hard run, mm -hmm. what do I eat after that to mm -hmm. make it work? And, you know, carbs, obviously. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it's it's fun because that almost replaced like the um, video games for me in that way. Hmm. Because video games, I always had something to you know like chew on. I got to beat this boss or whatever as a kid. Yeah. And then now it's like I have these things that have real reward and like consequences, oh, yeah. and it's yeah, it's it's meaning in a oh, sense. Oh, well, affects mm -hmm. the quality but, of your life. Yeah. In every sense. Exactly. Yeah. And, they, and now that you're pointing that out, people do tend to get neurotic about oh, things. Oh, it's exhausting. Like, yeah, it, it is really exhausting. It drives me nuts. It makes me want to just tip my head against the wall. Like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's terrible. Exactly. And to be like an, an autonomous person where you don't subscribe to like... Um, I don't want to say I, yeah, ideologies, if you will. Not in the sense of just religious, but I mean, you know, food. Oh, or, food is very you know, religious. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I learned that very quick, especially, you know, moving out to the West Coast where everybody, you know, is an expert and yeah. a nutritionist. And, you know, I learned that very quickly to tread lightly. And, <laughs> and I think of myself as a nutritional agnostic. Mm -hmm. You have to be because, you know, what works for somebody isn't going to work for you and so it, it is so individualized and and um nobody's right or wrong mm -hmm. yeah exactly 
And that that kind of keeps the fun in it in a lot mm-hmm. of ways because mm-hmm. it leaves a lot of unexpected surprises, sure, I feel. Sure. But, yeah, I've always had fun with nutrition because um, not in a professional way by any means or even knowing, like, in the same way as being, like, agnostic, whereas I just like to talk to people and if whatever that they're eating and, and like, listening to them. I had a friend who was uh, very skinny, mm-hmm. but she had, I think, like, a lot of, she's very round. Mm-hmm. But she weighed like ninety to a hundred and ten pounds, mm-hmm. so she didn't look like she was uh, had any like health issues or anything. Mm-hmm. And she things started cropping up. She used to just eat pizza all the time, mm-hmm. and it was like I don't know if that worked for her or not. But she was a person like she'd eat, sleep eight hours a day. She'd take naps in the middle of the day. wasn't mm-hmm. very physically active or any mm-hmm. of these things. Mm-hmm. And it was just that like okay, why don't you try things and go figure it out? Right. Like, it's, it's, that's fun, isn't it? <laughs> like it doesn't. And I've always I was a chef. And so that's where it was fun to me because I worked at a long-term acute care. Okay. And I had patients where it's like, I'm diabetic, but I love goldfish and your food tastes like crap. Mm. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to because you can, you can have fun with it and figure out what works for you taste-wise yes. to meet whatever you need you right. know, with your diet. Right, right. Yeah. Wow, what a challenge. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And um, is there anything that you guys want to add or anything that I was missing? No, Any subjects? subjects. On the way home, I'll think about um, yeah. how you got out here. Yeah, ooh, yeah. Okay, so, um, I forget, can you start me out with the year? Do you need a timeline? <laughs> oh, um, 2011? Yeah. In 2011, we flew out to Washington because I was racing the... Canadian cross-country championships up in Vancouver. The reason I was racing the Canadian championships is because my college coach coach at West Virginia University is Canadian, (laughs) and half my team members were Canadian, and so they were going to go compete at this race, and so I was going to as well. So I was going to race that, and then three weeks later was the U.S. National uh, Championship, or the club championship. And so we were going to, in Seattle, and so we were going to just be out here for this extended period of time and needed to find like an Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And so we just looked at a map, and the first place we saw was Burlington, (laughs) and Tad couldn't find any place in Burlington, so the next place right in the middle was Bellingham. And so we went to Bellingham, we stayed there for three weeks and thought it was incredible, and flew back to Morgantown, West Virginia. I graduated from grad school. Tad and I said goodbye to our families. We packed up everything that we owned into a pod, had it shipped out, and oh and we drove our car across the country. Wow. Didn't know anybody, didn't have any plans. Like I said, I had my degree, I had my master's degree, and I had my licensure as a registered dietitian but I had no job lined up and I'm just like ah everybody's gonna want me yeah. no problem and and I was very naive in, in that sense no anxiety no that's Whoa, the weird that thing so cool. that's the weird thing and we talk about that to this day we talk about that to this day what a big deal it was leaving my family that I mentioned was a just this very large, close-knit Italian family yeah. where nobody moves away. Everyone lives in the same town. And for me to just kind of uproot <laughs> and, and leave all that I've ever known, I had no hesitations about it. Isn't that bizarre? That is bizarre. And I, t- you know, am the happiest I've ever been. I yeah. love it here. We have a house now. And 
will be wow. here for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and it's, I can tell it. You guys like really fit in here, and especially with the opportunities. Like I didn't come here. Obviously, I wasn't in trail running before I moved here. But being surprised by the yeah. amount of like. Um, I guess the wild that there oh, is to explore. Yeah. Like, oh, we've, wow. we've barely scratched the surface having <laughs> been here five years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been here for about two and I started trail running a year ago. and It's barely mm-hmm. anything south of Mount Baker. That's about it. But oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's oh, so cool. Yeah. And in your experience um, in the uh, community and even with yourself, um, as you get older, mm-hmm. how are the injuries? Because I, some people that I talk to, they're like, you're going to get really hurt doing this. Not because, you know, a sport, but because running is, causes injury. And I've, I've, but I've met like, I met this one guy and this is cherry picking. Um, there's this one guy named Steve and he's down South and he's done like the ultra marathon. Mm-hmm. He's in his sixties, I think. Yeah. And he's not like this, like, I need to be the best. He's just having fun. Sure. Like, oh yeah. Oh, this guy's, know, it's yeah. so inspiring. Like, and he yeah. didn't look, um like exceptionally fit in any way he just he looked like an average person and he's yeah yeah, he said as he got older he got less injuries which was interesting that's the the cool thing about this the sport i mean it's 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 ageless right (laughs) is that the right word like you know something like gymnastics or there's a cap to it and i i do find that some like i feel like the peak for for a woman anyway is like late 30s is your your trail running if you had to say what your prime years are Mm -hmm. but the it seems to be that the longer the distance and the older you get there seem to be kind of a positive correlation with Uh, success yeah um but as far as injury goes i mean that's so individualized Mm -hmm. but um i think what comes into play is that the older you get the smarter you get Mm. And so ego has less of a role (laughs) and you make smarter decisions and you're doing stuff that's kinder to your body, making better decisions. But, but, but yeah, I constantly, like I alluded to before, I, you know, I'm not breaking stuff anymore. Like I'm not getting stress fractures Mm -hmm. like I did when I was in high school and college, but I'm also dealing with, you know, chronic hamstring tightness and my butt not working and stuff like that. So there's always going to be something that, um, for me isn't working, but I'm riding that line. Like I'm mm-hmm. still pushing myself. I still want to be competitive. And so, um, so I feel like when the day comes where I don't want to pursue these lofty goals, then I probably will be overall healthier because you can just be a, a normal person and live <laughs> yeah. a sane life and, and just get out there and go on the trails for hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And just play for the sake of play. Yeah. And, um, what was it? Okay. What was it? Oh, yeah. With the uh, app, so as you progress into, like, um, getting, it with running and mm-hmm. stuff, um, aside from competition, mm-hmm. there there is a lot to it that, that you get out of it. Then. Oh, it's, 100%. And, yeah, we've talked about that before, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that's something that I've found interesting because, you know, I, I find others who, who aren't into it. Like, I don't want to, you know, compete or anything like this, but with running... I've even, from personal level, once again, it's provided a lot of personal insight. So even if someone doesn't want to compete, like, I really, you know, it's, it's definitely worth trying. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, I feel, I just feel thankful that this is what I do. And I feel, I mean, the world would be a much better place, a much happier place if everybody 
was a trail runner. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> when you're just out there, and especially when you're surrounded by, I mean, and I don't want to get cheesy, but when you're surrounded by all this beauty, I get into these weird, you know, states of mind where I'm just so thankful for everything, and then I just start listing off, I'm so thankful for this and for this, mm-hmm. and then then an hour later, I'm like, ah, oh, I want to be done. Just yeah, That's when my blood sugar yeah. drops, and no, I'm, I'm joking, but... um. But, no, I mean, I'll do it as long as my body allows me to, yeah. and, yeah, yeah. yeah so. If you talk about, like, um, finding inspiration, and even though you're competing at this high level, like somebody like Donna Potts. Yeah, I mentioned before with trail running and how it doesn't have a number, you know, anybody from, you know, just a kid can run on the trails to hundred-year-old can run on the trails and I and and what's cool about these trail races is that you're on the same starting line with elites to you know the the slowest person out there and and they're just as inspiring as the winner because they are just out there fighting their own inner demons it's all it totally is and so I'm I'm so inspired by like I watched Shalane Flanagan win the New York Marathon this morning I'm crying it was so (laughs) inspiring but I'm equally as inspired by watching you know um, a woman approaching her 70s out there finishing a trail race mm-hmm. in really bad wintry conditions you <laughs> yeah, know, it's, that's, yeah that's it's just awesome. really it's it's just a really special sport it's just so cool mm-hmm. it, it i really do enjoy that aspect because even when i was you know like a couple of the trail runs that i've um, done mm-hmm. in, comp- in competition um you literally do see all levels mm-hmm. of people i've even seen people who walked it and that's i've have greater respect for people and I guess empathy, mm-hmm. because I learned my own self that, you know, it is literally all relative. And the cool thing about people, at least that I, I've reached out to, like if I do the competitions, I'll always try to um, talk to as many people as I can and try to understand like the you know, process because mm-hmm. I have insecurities, obviously, and I need to throw them out there because I know they're probably delusional. And usually in talking to them, the, the mere fact that someone goes out there and just tries, regardless of the distance or the technicality, there's always like this gratitude and appreciation oh, for yeah. people who've been doing it for a long time. I met this guy who flew all the way out here from, I don't know, he was on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him about like my process and stuff. And he was really humble and really cool and helpful. And whereas I would have thought that this guy would have been judgmental because he's so good. Mm-hmm. And, but mm-hmm. that's always usually false. So Yeah. But, yeah. And you were talking about um, kind of your mindset a little mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, when you run, I'm sure you have days where mentally it is tough. Not in terms of anxiety, but like, I don't want to do this. Or, oh, yeah. Uh, what do you do? Do you just like grind through it, go, go, go? Or Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I tell, I tell people it's like brushing your teeth. Sometimes you don't want to do it, but it's just part of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've just been doing it for so long that... I mean, you, you never regret a run, mm-hmm. even when you don't feel like doing it. Something feels weird if you don't get out there. So unless, of course, there's an injury reason that's preventing it. But if it's just raining outside or, mm-hmm. you know, or you're tired, I what I do is I find good podcasts that I'm excited to listen to and 
put on the right gear and just get out there and, and, and do it. But I, um, yeah, I do just get out there and do it. There are no excuses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've had to learn that my own self and I always look back to the most obvious moments, which is like cleaning my room mm -hmm. and putting away cups, cleaning out my car, those things, mm -hmm. like sometimes you just have to do it like brushing your teeth mm -hmm. that was even hard for me and i wouldn't mm -hmm. and it was it got like overflowing the trash mm -hmm. and stuff very evident mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i meet people who like they're older and not criticizing them it's mm -hmm. just an interesting thing that they're still like that and i've always wondered like that contrast you know yeah. but um what is it when you are going through these these moments um and I know that you, you have, like, a podcast going on, but do you have any, like, self-talk that you rely on at um, any point? On day-to-day, -day, like, just training runs? No, I think because I've just been doing it for so long. Mm -hmm. I, there's nothing. It just. Yeah. I literally would just do it. It's it is natural. that is something that I'm an honest, like, brushing your teeth. Mm -hmm. You just do it. Yeah, it's going to suck today. Yeah. But, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So be it. Go through so, it. So, no, there's not, like, yeah, there's mm -hmm. nothing the special, like, special thing. Me, when I've had uh, days where it was, it was a rough day, at least mm -hmm. mentally, mm -hmm. I would um, start counting. Or I would pay attention to like notice my surroundings mm -hmm. and to almost like almost a moving meditation, if you will, mm -hmm. to get my mind off of that hamster oh, wheel of yeah. like going over and over oh, again. Yeah. And do you often um, listen to like uh, music or podcasts while you run? I, I find that some people it's something that they're really into, and others it's like nothing. Right. So n never music. Mm -hmm. I never listen to wow, music. Really? Yeah. I oh. just I love music too, but I don't listen. I think because I have so many good podcasts. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> so I do. So only on easy days. So when I'm just putting in the time, mm -hmm. obviously for a very focused workout. I don't listen to anything, and never, ever, ever, ever in a race. That's like yeah. one of my pet peeves. I can't stand it when people wear headphones during a race. It just drives me nuts. Oh. But um, but so never during a race, never during a focused uh, workout. So whether that's tempo, speed, or something, you know, mm -hmm. that's uh, defined, and never during a, a mountain run and or a long run because that's training for races, and mm -hmm. you know, you don't wear headphones yeah and if you didn't have it during competition yeah, right yeah. so but every other day where it's just putting in the time and the easy runs just the recovery runs mm -hmm. always a podcast mm, yeah yeah it's like my yeah. best time to go through podcasts yeah, yeah. I mean, they're my best friends yeah exactly <laughs> they're all my friends yeah. <laughs> and i got another one that might be a little strange but when you're running when i would run I would just move my legs and run, right? Mm -hmm. And then I thought about like like flexing your glutes and your butt mm -hmm. every on every stride. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you're supposed to be doing? Um, or is that just no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you hear all the time that your glutes aren't firing which is causing like mm -hmm. injuries and not able to but as far as something that you have to actively do, I think that would be exhausting. Yeah, that, that's what I would have thought. Because, like, I know with, uh, like, in weightlifting, for instance, there's this thing of um, just uh, checking out and going on autopilot. Mm. And they've, I wish I had the actual, like, 
the name of the, the studies that were mm-hmm. done. But there, there was actually differences in results, hmm. if you will. Like people who were just going through the motions. And then there was the other ones where they would be focusing on like, uh, like with a, when you do like a press, for instance, yeah. and you go in your full flex and okay. you pay attention to uh, flex all of your like muscles. Your core, yeah. Everything. yeah. I didn't know if that was a similar yeah. thing in I don't running. feel, I mean. I, I would say, um, talk about like workouts because that's what you're really doing when you're focused in a workout. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that, all that stuff comes into play during these workouts. So when I'm, do you understand what I mean by yeah, workout? I so, what you mean so by workout. on those workout days, that's when all that stuff mm-hmm. comes into play because you're kind of priming your body to run fast to mm. compete in races. But the easy days, I mean, that's when you stop and smell the flowers, yeah, and take pictures, and <laughs> it's like you know, playing the piano. Those are the days where you're not oh, thinking about the right. notes you're playing yeah. at all. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of recovery is to kind of let everything go, and that's your mind included because you'll mm-hmm. drive yourself nuts if every run is like, "Oh, is my are my am I clenching my glutes?" Yeah, and, you know. And that's where I got to the point with the in that built up to the injury was I was getting really hyper analytical mm-hmm. with things. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically neurosis. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, all runners are a little crazy. Oh yeah. Exactly. I think I honestly think everybody is. It's just some people put it out there, others just kind of hide it and bottle it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else that you guys would like to add? Um, Thank you guys so much for coming out here. I appreciate it. Thanks for this. was a great um, opportunity. I've never done anything like this. I was a little nervous. Yeah. This is a great. A great platform, and, and as a fan of podcasts, mm-hmm. this is super cool. And Heck yeah, thank yeah, you guys. I just wish it was in your garage. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> no, that's what I'm working on. Is uh, I'm getting uh, they have a, a shared workspace over in Bellingham, oh, and so yeah, I'm trying to move into there oh, with nice. them, and because this is honestly like. I came. Can you take a picture as we're talking. Yeah, yeah and then we'll take one first. Okay. <laughs> and I came into the the whole thing with like, um, I went to school to be a computer programmer. And cause it's practical okay. and you make money. Sure, yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to get, to write and stuff. And sure. so, like, um, doing that and trying to, you know, figure out how to do that. Because mm-hmm. It's just been a really cool opportunity, you yeah. know. And I'm happy, like, that otherwise, without this platform, mm-hmm. in having other, pla- like, other podcasts to mm-hmm. listen to, mm-hmm. I would never have been exposed to people who do that. Right. So I thought... You wouldn't think it was possible. Yeah, I just do what my family was doing, which is apply for a job right. and do something oh, and say, you have to make money and that's yes. it. And yeah. No, I 100% agree. I mean, I'm the black sheep of my family. Yeah, that's that's how I am yeah. too. Oh, right on. <laughs> yeah, like I've even been that at like workplaces. I have... Um, I've always had the thing where I was afraid, like I was a chef in fine dining for like five years and I had people who were there for 15 years or they were in the uh, cooking industry, you know, for a good portion of their lives and not saying that every chef's miserable, but they're like, I really don't like this. I have to work all the time and I can't do the things that I like and like either it's um, a consequence of being a chef or once we're talking about people and thinking that you have to be lucky could be a mentality thing too. But then I go to like the minting industry, hospital industry. I'm bouncing mm-hmm. around all these places, yeah. and all I see is like when you pursuing it within this infrastructure. Like I want to be the top exec at this company, just mm-hmm. like ambitious for ambition's sake. Mm-hmm. It I never saw happiness, and I was confused, and no one had anything to tell yeah, me about. Yeah. So it's like meeting you guys. It's really cool to have that opportunity. Awesome. Thank yeah. you guys. Oh, I no. appreciate it. Oh wow, that was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode with Maria. 
man, trail running, it's, it's such a cool community that has um, introduced me to a variety of people who have challenged my opinions on things, but have also reminded me that the people that are f- further ahead of me in my disciplines, or in your discipline, your uh, role models even, are never bulletproof. They experience obstacles much like our own, because they're exactly like us. Just at a different place, I suppose. (laughs) I was surprised that Maria struggled with um, panic attacks, especially given the the challenges of trail running and the uncertainty. But she seems to have a a solid set of um, coping mechanisms and community behind her, which community is integral, I believe. If you guys have any uh, questions or suggestions, you can always uh, shoot me a DM on social media or get at me on my website at killerking.com. You can... Check out Maria's social media in the show notes and also read her blog too if you'd like. I think I'm going to bring on a lot more trail runners. Just a really interesting way to experience life in the wilderness, breakneck speeds, (laughs) precipitous cliffs. Thanks. Here's a song by the Living Arrows called I Am Not My Thoughts. So